And no, I don't think Trump should drop out. There was a call the other day after the Georgia indictments for Trump to drop out of the race. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Greetings and welcome to the Straight Talk Podcast. I am your host, former Milwaukee County Sheriff David Clark. Thanks for tuning in. I'm going to talk about a couple of things today. First, let me comment on the the so-called debate, the RNC debate that happened last week. I didn't watch it. Why should I? Had no interest in it. Donald Trump wasn't there. Why did I need to be there? That's just my straight talk opinion on it. I think it had all the hallmarks of a cafeteria food fight. Nobody really distinguished themselves. Donald Trump still holds a commanding lead in terms of the Republican nomination. And we'll get to that a little later in the program. Here's where I want to start. I came across an article, and I just I, I had to just sit here and shake my head when I read this. It says, military considering allowing calculators on entrance, entrance exam amid continued recruiting struggles. The Pentagon is considering a policy that would allow military applicants to use calculators on entrance exams that is, continues to seek a way to combat the ongoing recruiting crisis. The new policy would change how applicants take the Armed Services Vocational, vocational Aptitude Battery, or ASVAB. Many young Americans have struggled to score high enough on the test to qualify for military service, according to a report from military.com. Let me tell you what this says to me. I think this is an indictment on our public K-12 education system in the United States of America. The slumping reading scores, the slumping math scores. And so the military now is resorting to dumbing down, lowering the bar for military applicants. Folks, they're not asking applicants in the math portion to solve algebraic equations, okay? For that, you might want to use a calculator. You might need a calculator. That's not what they're asking. This is basic math problem that they can't solve. So what happens when they get in the field? You got to pull out a calculator? So that's what this means more to me than anything. It's the, the, the failure in the United States to educate Students educate our young people. So they want to resort to this. What next? Giving them the answers? Why don't they just do that? Why don't they just give them the answers? And everybody will score high. Everybody will be happy. Isn't that what the K-12 education system has become? So students feel good about themselves? Not Are they actually learning anything? Why don't they mirror that? So we'll keep an eye on this. As this process moves, the, the the armed forces, they're all not meeting, none of them are meeting their recruitment goals. They're well below it. But you got to have people who can read, for heaven's sake. You got to have people who can do basic math, for heaven's sake. Now on to this story. This one here, it's typical of, of, of what's going on in some conservative circles. Not all. And this relates a little bit to the, the 
debate that happened last week. It says, young conservatives take climate activism to the GOP presidential debate. Young Republicans concerned about combating climate change are looking to make a splash at next week's GOP presidential debate by bending the ears of White House hopefuls. The American Conservation Coalition will be the headline sponsor of an official party following Wednesday's debate in Milwaukee, and that was last week. Marking the first time an environmental group with a conservative tilt will insert itself into a Republican presidential race in such a fashion. Why, ladies and gentlemen, is the American Conservation Coalition taking these young conservatives' minds and indoctrinating them with this climate change nonsense? What, what, why not just show up at the Democrat convention or something and spew this nonsense? What we need from these conser- young conservatives' minds, we need to educate them on, the, on an alternative opinion as to climate change and what to do about it. Why fall in line with the Democrats' line on this stuff? Eliminating fossil fuels, alternative source of renewable energy. Those are all boutique energies anyway. So it says here, when we're talking about wildfires, it's okay to acknowledge climate change plays a role. You know what else plays a role? The failure of these states in these areas to deforest, to clean out the brush, the underbrush, the dead stuff that once ignited becomes the fuel. That's what these conservatives ought to be educated about, a counter viewpoint, challenging this orthodoxy that all of this stuff related to climate change is man-made. It's not. So it says here, the ACC, a 20,000-member nationwide organization, said it will bring Republican VIP guests to the debate, and and they want to talk with the candidates. It says here, quote, I truly feel this field of candidates is equipped to talk on these issues. It's just a matter of whether or not they take the initiative to do so. So you have a Republican uh, debate, the Republican National Committee, and they're letting in this climate change nonsense. And it's okay to talk about it. But it's also okay to counter this stuff, to challenge it, to poke holes in it. None of the stuff that the left spews about climate change is peer-reviewed. None of it stands, withstands any scrutiny, for heaven's sakes. It all falls apart as soon as you start poking at it. And so now, early on, these are young conservatives. We're brainwashing them into the left's climate change agenda. I don't get it. I just, I do not get it. If you want to do it, if you really want to help these young conservatives, let's teach and educate them on how to challenge prevailing orthodoxies, how to think. Counter viewpoints. There's plenty of research out there that pokes holes in the left's climate change agenda. And the stuff that they present as Research. There's plenty out there. I I have no problem with a robust debate. 
But to have conservatives fall in line saying, uh, we potentially, these candidates potentially are, are, you know, could lose young support if they don't get on board. Well, then lose it. This is called pandering. That's all this is. It's, pan, it's classic pandering. And we need to push back on it. Let's turn the page to something else. The Republicans, the GOP, and Congress, they're at it again. We're headed toward a government shutdown, potential government shutdown in September. Unless they come up with some continuing resolution. Here we go again. Let's not put a budget together, GOP and Kevin McCarthy. Let's continue with this reckless spending through continuing resolutions and omnibus spending packages. Right up the Democrats' alley. So it says in this article I found here, the House Speaker's right flank, that would be the Freedom Caucus, is threatening to sink a bill that would help avert catastrophe unless the DOJ backs off of Donald Trump. It goes on to say, here we go again. Kevin McCarthy has yet another mess waiting for him when Congress returns from recess in September. The House Speaker, whose nine months with the gavel have been marked by one bruising battle against the right flank after another, has told the conference last week he would likely seek a stopgap bill. See, there we go, stopgap bill. To avoid a government shutdown in order to buy more time for a longer-term spending bill. But we're not talking about a budget. And ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Every 90 days we're at this point. Just 90 days ago, the thing was over the raising the debt ceiling. Now, 90 days later, it's we need a continuing resolution. And you know what happens if they pass some sort of bill? It expires in December and they'll need another package. It's over and over and over. Right during the holiday. When people aren't paying attention. They think they can slip something through. This is out of the Democrats' playbook. So fortunately, we have the Freedom Caucus. According to Chip Roy, who is a key member of the far-right caucus, in a Newsmax interview, he says we have to hold the line. And he's right. It's time for this reckless spending to stop. I thought that's why we gave the GOP control of the House to stop the spending, the reckless spending. But no, they're going to do the same thing that the Democrats do when they're in charge, except the Democrats don't have to hide. When they're in charge and and a, a continuing resolution comes up or an omnibus spending package, they just shove it down our throats. More spending and dare the Republicans to get in the way and shut the government down. I don't care if they shut the government down. We've had those before. First of all, the government doesn't technically shut down anyway. Right? The non-essential employees get laid off. Well, if they're non-essential, that tells me government's too big. We don't need them. Reduce the size of government by starting to get rid of this these non-essential job positions. Stu. 
Joseph M. Wanted with the Constitutionalist Politics. Tune in for the upcoming episode for May 4. Issue, never the issue, as well as, yes, Peter Serafin, Rosemary Downer, Don Gallade, Gista the Rapper, Cy Young, Jason Perry, and upcoming Jack Hagar, Andrew Thorpe King, Trent Rock, Ed Temple, Chris Morehouse, and more. Please tune in to Constitutionalist Politics. God bless. So, Roy, Chip Roy, and God bless Chip Roy. He's not going to allow this to happen. At least he says that. In an interview that he held recently, he said, there could be a shutdown if Democrats continue to be partisan and continue to not carry out the wishes of the American people. And secondly, and this is the key point, if Republicans refuse to do what they always campaign on, they always campaign on less spending, lower taxes, smaller government. As a matter of fact, what McCarthy is doing, according to Chip Roy, is right out of Nancy Pelosi's playbook. Continue the reckless spending with these continuing resolutions. Well, why did we make Kevin McCarthy? Well, we didn't. Why did the GOP make Kevin McCarthy the speaker? If he's going to do what Nancy Pelosi did, why doesn't he just do? Why don't we just keep Nancy Pelosi in place? And here's another thing. McCarthy was interviewed. And he said he's had phone conversations with key members of the House of Representatives. And he said, and Chuck Schumer was on the line, and what McCarthy said he's proposing has the support of Chuck Schumer. And I thought, who the hell cares what Chuck Schumer wants? This is that uniparty. If Kevin McCarthy is trying to appease and trying to cooperate with Chuck Schumer, then let Chuck Schumer write it. For heaven's sakes, what McCarthy should do is put forth a budget, but if he's not going to do that, put forth a continuing resolution that cuts spending and lowers taxes and dare Chuck Schumer to not take action on it and let the government shut down. I don't understand why he's so interested in working together with and cooperating with Chuck Chuck Schumer. Now, I understand it's got to get through the Senate, but that's Chuck Schumer's problem. That's not McCarthy's problem. McCarthy should look at Schumer and say, I did my job. I got it through the House. Good luck. And if you can't work it out well, then you shut the government down. It's okay with us. But no, we don't have any courage like, political courage like that. We got people who want to work together with the Democrats. Why do we continue to elect these people and then put them in key leadership positions? Chip Roy should be the Speaker of the House. Now, I don't think he wanted it. But they ought to draft him. And of course, you know, the Freedom Caucus, they realize they have. McCarthy by the short hair, because they could pull his speakership back. So this is what we get from the GOP. We get the same stuff that we get from the Democrats. And you wonder what's wrong with Washington, D.C.?
It's the Uniparty. Working together, reaching across the aisle. This stuff is right out of the Democrat playbook. We'll put the pressure on the Republicans. We'll blame them if the government shuts down. We'll scare people. Oh, if the government shuts down, grandma and grandpa won't get their Social Security check. And and all that stuff is lying. The mail still goes through. The military still gets paid. The essential stuff happens. The non-essential stuff like, oh, museums will close. Remember during the Obama administration, when there was a government shutdown, the first thing he went after was the parks, the stuff that's closest to the people. He shut down the parks and all the museums right away. He didn't go for stuff. He didn't go after stuff that the public wouldn't miss. See, he's playing chess. He's playing 3D chess. Well, the GOP, GOP plays checkers. Shut it down. I'm tired of it. You probably are too. We need people in Washington, D.C. from the conservative GOP. Many of these people, they're rhinos, they're not conservatives anyway. But we need people with political courage who are willing to display it. Political courage. Let's finally tackle this. I don't care how ugly it gets. I don't care how much pressure is put on us by the New York Times and the Washington Post and CNN over a government shutdown. Ignore it. Bring this damn federal government to its knees. Then we might be able to do something with it. That's responsible, by the way. I'm not really all McCarthy's got to do is pass a budget. A real budget. I don't think a budget's been passed in 20 years. And, of course, on September 30th, the fiscal year ends. So something has to be done. That's why the continuing resolution, right? Keep the spending going till we get to December, and then we'll be here again, and then we'll deal with it in December. And then next year, in April, it'll be, this, April will be the same thing. And then the, budget, uh, the debt ceiling will come up again. And then another continuing resolution to keep the government. This is a vicious cycle. We have to continue to put up with these people. They're, they're not. These are not limited government. These are not small government Republicans. What they are, ladies and gentlemen, big government, big spending Republicans. That's all they are. Now let's go to this. As I indicated to open the program. We had the debates. Well, they held the RNC held the debate anyway. And one of the participants, Asa Hutchinson, former governor of Arkansas, I believe. And he's in this thing for one reason and one reason only. You've heard me talk on this program about certain people who have no business in this in this race. And they can do what they want. If they want to get in, they can get in, but they they really have no chance of becoming president of the United States. They have no chance of winning a Republican nomination, and they know it. So one one of these guys is Asa Hutchinson. And according to this article here in the Washington Times, he's made it his mission to wrestle the Republican Party away from Donald Trump, but he can't escape the former president's shadow. Three months into his presidential campaign, the proud Reagan conservative, he's not a Reagan conservative, by the way. 
is facing the harsh reality that primary voters are so enamored with Mr. Trump, they won't even listen to the message Mr. Hutchinson has honed over four decades of fighting for the Republican Party. First of all, I wish Hutchinson would just go away. His time has come and gone. So a quote from Hutchinson, This is a big surprise, he told the Washington Times. It's one thing to have Donald Trump high in the poll. It's another thing for his every word to influence the voters and how they think. And when there has been misinformation in the past, there have been other leaders who would counter that message. Hutchinson continues, but now you have many leaders who are just continuing down the same path of backing up Donald Trump, whatever he says. So this is a surprise as to the depth of the influence over the Republican base, and it's going to take time to change that. That was a rude awakening for Hutchinson, 72, who's been living in the trenches of Republican politics since 1982. So when you think about this, and this is, this is what they don't understand. The never-Trumpers, the anti-Trumpers. They don't understand the base. They don't understand what it is to be loyal. And you know what? Here's the first mistake they make. The GOP establishment, the political elites, the big donors. This isn't about Donald Trump. This is about the movement. The movement that Trump created. That's what this is about for his followers, and I'm one of them. And I'm not about to leave him. I don't care how many more times he's indicted. They're going to indict Donald Trump in all 50 states. It won't matter to me. I'm not going to be deterred by that nonsense. That weaponization of the Justice Department to go after political opponents. I'm not going to be dissuaded by it. You do what you want. But what they don't understand is that this is about the movement. All right? And, and sure, every movement needs a leader. It happens to be Donald Trump, but you know what? They get rid of Donald Trump, the movement's going to stay. The movement stays the same. You've heard me talk in this program about a book, The Starfish and the Spider, The Power of Leaderless, Leaderless Organizations, and why that works. Because when they take out the leader, the movement continues. And what's happening to the MAGA movement right now is the same thing that happened to the Tea Party. It was taken out by Republican elites. The rhinos, the ruling class, took out the Tea Party. If you go back to the Tea Party, it didn't have a leader. There wasn't a presidential candidate that was leading it. So this time it happens to be a presidential candidate, but this is not about Donald Trump. This is about the mega movement. Limited government, less spending, rule of law, the Constitution, the middle class, that's what this is about. And this is what Hutchinson and his ilk don't understand. They say, oh, we can't get rid of these. These people are crazy. They're, 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 you know, they, they lionize this guy. They, no, it's the movement, you idiot. And this movement has staying power. Because even though Trump's been out of office, what, three years now? This MAGA movement is alive and well. I don't care how much damage they think they can do to Donald Trump. Go back to that book, The Starfish and the Spider, and Geronimo and the Apaches. You remember me talking about that? Geronimo really wasn't the leader. 
per se, of the Apache Indian tribe, and they were the hardest Indian tribe to take out. Why? Because it was a leaderless organization. Sure, Geronimo was the face of it, of the Apache Indian tribe, but he didn't try to rule over people. He just did what he thought he should do, and you know what? The Apache Indian tribe members, they look and said, hey, it was good enough for Geronimo, it was good enough for us. One of the concepts at that time with Indian tribes is to take over another Indian tribe. You kill the leader and you steal the goal. And you know what? The tribe falls apart. With a leaderless organization, you try to kill the leader, the movement remains. New people step up. That's what Hutchinson doesn't understand. He thinks this is just about taking out the leader. This is what the never-Trumpers don't understand. They don't understand our loyalty to the movement. You've heard me say before, don't make this about people. People come and go. And I think that the mega movement understands that. Well, okay, Trump, they defeated him. They cheated. And stole the election in 2020. But guess what? The movement is still here. And these damn establishment Republicans cannot figure this out. They can't figure it out. They're trying to figure out how to decouple Trump from the movement. They can do that if they want. The movement's not going away. We learned from the Tea Party movement. That was also destroyed by the, as I said, the Republican elite, the donor class, the ruling class, the rhinos, the GOP political establishment. They loathe the Tea Party movement. They hate not just the mega movement, its members. They loathe us, ladies and gentlemen. They want us gone. And we have to make it clear to the Hutchinsons and all these other candidates, the Chris Christies, the Sununus, and all these other GOP elites, this base of support, and I'm tired of hearing also from people that the 50% of people that support Donald Trump have to get on board with the other people, most of whom are in single digits. Why do I have to get on board with Ron DeSantis when he's at about 21%? And I don't have anything against Ron DeSantis. It's just like, his 19, 21%, what, we got to get on, the 50% have to get on board with that? No. Our message needs to be, you with your 12%, you with your 9%, you with your 5%, Chris Chrissy, you need to get on board with us. I'm tired of this establishment dictating from top down what we should do. You need to get on board. We need to move on from Donald Trump. I can move on from Donald Trump. I'm not moving on from MAGA. I'm not moving on from the movement. And so any candidate who wants to have a chance, because we keep hearing Donald Trump can't win in November, which is a lie. I think it's a dangerous message to put out there. 
But we keep being told Donald Trump can't win in November. Well, I got news for you, you anti-Trumpers, you never-Trumpers. You can't win without us. And if by some stroke of luck, you're able to eliminate Donald Trump? And I heard this the other day. There was a guy that called in to Clay and Buck. You, you might know who they are. They replaced Rush Limbaugh. Man, did we miss Rush Limbaugh. This thing really seems to have fallen apart after the death of Rush Limbaugh because we didn't have a voice who could articulate and galvanize and inspire the base. Limbaugh loved Donald Trump. Limbaugh loved the mega movement. He loved the base supporter, the ground-level supporters. But the caller called in and said, I'm, I'm with Trump, I'm staying with Trump, and if Trump's not the nominee, I'm not voting in November. And whoever it was, I don't know the difference between these guys, Clay and Buck, but they call this guy a loser. Why is he a loser? First of all, it's his vote. And he could do what he wants with it. I'm not suggesting that I'm there, that I'm not going to vote if it's not Trump. But what I do with it is my business. That guy will probably still vote. He's not a loser. It's his vote. It's his right. And he can exercise it any way he wants and doesn't need your approval. Clay and Buck. I'm not seeking their approval. So, you know, this is what we're up against. It. The 50% are told you got to get on board with somebody who's, you know, down in the 20s and the teens in terms of support. That doesn't make any sense. Where else do we do that? When something poll is polling overwhelmingly and we, or at least above 50%, and in some circles, if they do just Republicans, he's in the Trump's in the 60s, and we have to get on board with the people registering at like 9%. That's insane. It is time for you rhinos, you anti-Trumpers, you never-Trumpers, you big donors. It's time for you to get on board with us. Enjoy your week. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell and MyPillow are launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes MyPillow even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with the brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. Say goodbye to tossing and turning and flipping your pillow over in the middle of the night. And more great news on the MyPillow 2.0. A buy one, get one free offer with promo code CLARK. MyPillow 2.0, with its temperature-regulating technology, is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio podcast square to receive the MyPillow 2.0 buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, it does. MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code CLARK, that's C-L-A-R-K-E, to get your MyPillow 2.0 now. 
Friends, I want to thank you for listening to today's episode of Straight Talk with yours truly, America Sheriff David Clark. And a special thank you also goes out to our sponsors. My goal, as always, is to break down these complex and many times controversial issues and bring it to you straight with a little dose of common sense, no media bias, no talking points, just truth. And this podcast would not be possible without your support. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite place to listen. And please share this message of common sense on social media. For more content, be sure to follow me on Truth Social, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And just a reminder, we'd love for you to join our Straight Shooters VIP Podcast Club for only $5 per month. And with that membership, you'll receive invitations to attend private podcast events throughout the year as a VIP guest when we come to your town. Plus, if you join today, you'll also receive a free coffee mug and a sample of our private label coffee as long as supplies last. Subscribe and join at America Sheriff. This podcast is brought to you by americasheriff.com with executive producer Judy Wilkinson of JL Wilkinson Consulting and producer Josh Wentz in partnership with our friends at Bulldog Media. If you are interested in partnering with Straight Talk Podcasts or having me speak in your area, please contact Judy at jlwilkinsonconsulting at gmail.com, 706-518-2116. That's jlwilkinsonconsulting at gmail.com. Phone number 706-518-2116. Stay tuned. Great things are coming on next week's podcast.